Okay, we are back. I'm Janine. You are listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine, and this is Get the Funk Out. And if you're not familiar with the show, let me give you the show blog. It's getthefunkoutshow.kuci.org. Okay, so if you're facing a financial funk or you're thinking about starting a new career, this next segment is for you. It's my pleasure to welcome back Carrie Hannon. She's a leading authority and strategist on career transitions, entrepreneurship, personal finance, and retirement. She's got a new book out. She's written several books. Her info is on the show blog, getthefunkoutshow.kuci.org, and here is Carrie. Oh, yes. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Good, good. How are you? Congratulations on your latest book, Never Too Old to Get Rich, uh, uh, The Entrepreneur's Guide to Starting a Business Midlife. I love this. Thank you. I love it, too. <laughs> How did it come about? Well, you know, I, I've been covering this. I, I, I've done a bunch of books over the last couple of years, and um work after 50 and people finding, you know, what's next to follow your passion, your dream job and mid-career uh, shifts and so forth and loving your job. And I kept meeting these wonderful entrepreneurs that were doing fantastic things in midlife and, you know, had shifted to either starting businesses from something they loved or whatever uh, to or really making a difference. And I thought, you know, there's a whole book here because, you know, when, you, when I started looking at the big trends and the numbers, this cohort of people were starting businesses faster than any other uh, age group. And so it, it sort of was very timely to dig into some of these these stories. And so yes. what I do in the book is I tell people's journeys and their stories, and then it's also a playbook of, you know, sort of how if you want to start your own business, here are some things you need to know. So each chapter, you know, provides that takeaway advice. I love it. Because it really speaks to so many people. I mean, a lot of times we don't start the business we always wanted to start. We're busy with raising kids. Maybe we went down a career path. I think I'd shared with you, I was in corporate training and development, and it just wasn't for me. And then you decide, you know, what is it I really want to do? And I feel like when you're in your 50s or close to it, you find the most meaningful thing that hits home for you. I think so, because you have that, that experience and the time to really know who you are and what your skills are. Right. So what are some national trends that are going on um, that are, you know, the backdrop of your book? Yeah, well, you know, we see that, that this age group, you know, you know although in, when I say midlife, I'm talking maybe even in your 40s and so forth, but, but uh, the numbers for people over the age of 50 in particular um, from the Coffin Foundation and others have shown that this group is starting businesses faster than any other group, as I mentioned before. And women in particular... Uh, are starting businesses faster than any um, uh, demographic, and um, it's a global movement. This is just not in the U- U.S. This is, you yes. know, around the world, and, and the key piece of it is taking a look at this whole question of longevity. I mean, we're living longer, presumably healthier lives, yes. and people have these bonus, this bonus chapter in their life. They can start a business uh, that, that's not just for five years. This can be something for 20 years, or it can be, you know, it has legs and it can have time to grow. And I, I, I find that in a lot of my work and people I talk to is people aren't stepping away from the workforce uh, in their 60s. They're really continuing to work for lots of reasons, and a big piece of it is the financial security of continuing to earn money. Yes. But there's also the... Um, 
the whole bit of when you're engaged in doing things you love, that it's it's good for you socially, it's healthier for you physically and mentally. So there's lots of good things going on around this whole movement to continue uh, to work in some way. And when we're this age, trust me, I'm I'm you know nearing sixty myself. It's hard mm-hmm. to believe, but you know having autonomy and having the freedom to do your be your own boss is incredibly appealing. Definitely. Well, it's definitely in line with my show, my show, Get the Funk Out, because if we, I always believe we take care of our mental and physical health, we always trying to, you know, learn new things, try new things, you lead a very optimistic life, and and your mental health is much better. Yep, without question. I mean, you need to be engaged and excited and have a reason to get up in the morning. And and when you're running your own business, it's just wonderful. And now, yes, there's stresses. I'm not making it, you know. But in right. this book, what I what I loved about the reporting for the, this book and the people I met is I profiled 20 entrepreneurs, and they've all done very different kinds of approaches to starting their own business. So some of it was people who started businesses from hobbies and passions, like you spoke about at the beginning of our conversation. Things they maybe had to set aside when they were younger to pursue that linear career that was going to, you know, help them, you know, meet some of those financial obligations we have as we go through life. And the second group were people who started businesses for social entrepreneurship. They were, you know, nonprofits to give back and make the world a better place, which is something a lot of us yearn for at this stage in our lives, Um, how to make a difference and, and really change the world in some way. The third group were, this is a great cohort, people who started businesses with people who were younger. These Mm. multi-generational businesses where you have someone older and someone younger, and there's just a great dynamic there. And the final group were women who I mentioned before, the fastest growing demographic of entrepreneurs. That's amazing. I I was reading some of the material came with your book. Um, By the way, if you're just tuning in, we're speaking with Carrie Hannon about her latest book, Never Too Old to Get Rich. Um, but there was a mother-daughter team, and they started, um, it's a cookie, they call themselves, what, Cookie Contessas? There's another chapter. Yeah, but, it's, yeah. but their business is One Hot Cookie. Oh, cute, <laughs> so cute. And you just, I mean, it's just fantastic. <laughs> it's a mother and daughter, and they're, they're in Youngstown, Ohio. And, you know, um, the mom, Bergen, was a single mom. And, you know, this was something they started because, they loved to make cookies together. It was mm-hmm. something the two of them did together um, as Morgan, the daughter, was growing up. And, you know, the mom was working a full-time job doing something different. Morgan's in school. And and they started test marking it with friends and family and one it. step after another. And, and lo and behold, they end up launching um, this great, uh, and they're, they're actually bricks-and-mortar stores, although they um, have an online business, too. And now they mm-hmm. have a donut business, Oh Donut, now, too. Huge. But it's just a great success story, but the mom, she did everything right. Like, she didn't just step off and launch this business. She kept her her job, her full-time job going until it had a chance to start, you know, get its legs and and get moving. So it was a very gradual progression, and and it's been a really nice, nice journey to watch. There's a great quote. I don't know if you've heard of this. It's by George Elliott. Never, it's never too late to become what you might have been. (laughs) <laughs> That's beautiful. Isn't I love that great? It. Yeah. So what you do, what you write about, reminds me of that because you, you've written about stories, you know, someone becomes a baker, but they used to work in corporate America, and and they're doing things that just, you know, fulfill them. What advice would you give to someone who wants to launch a business from a hobby or a passion? Oh, yeah. You know, that, that's, a, that's a really great um, 
it's a great area for people to want to step back and really go, review, you know, get into what something that they loved as a kid or at different points in their life. But you need to go slow. And, um, you know, nothing rash. And this is beautiful because it is your passion or your hobby. You can start this on the side. You can, you know, do the research. You know, I always tell people, you know, think before you launch something, why me, why now, why this product or service? I mean, what is out in your community that's already there that that you could um, bring something different to the party? And Mm -hmm. just because it's your hobby doesn't mean that it's – I used to tell everyone, don't do this because you're going to ruin your hobby or you'll ruin your passion. But the truth is, there's a set study that was done by these um, professors that show that um, people who start businesses from their hobbies tend to be more successful than other small businesses. It's like the tortoise and the hare. They, they start slower, yes. but over time, they, they have the lasting staying power to succeed. And here's why. They are their customer. They have oh. done this. They know what what the customer needs and is looking for. And since it's their hobby, they've started slowly. So uh, I think it's a great opportunity if you look at it that way. Um, and you can really, you have your built-in network of, of, of focus group. You, know, you yes. can talk to these people and say, you know, would this work for you? How might it work? And so um, it's a nice way to kind of dip your toe in and then just give it a chance to grow. So I, I really love that uh, that area because the, the satisfaction you can get out of doing something you love that much is really, really rewarding. It's so fulfilling. I mean, because you're not focused on necessarily the money, but your passion. Yes, you know? yes, yes, yes. And I should add, you know, I, you know, when I, the book is, you know, never too old to get rich. But the, the truth is, you know, it's a little tongue-in-cheek, the, the title, because when I talk about rich, yeah, I want everyone to have, you know, great financial success with their businesses. But down to every single entrepreneur I talked to for this book told me that it, it truly is that inner richness you get from doing work you love with people you love and, and presumably making a difference. I mean, that's the richness of life, and that's what this book is all about. It's interesting, Carrie. I've been reading more about the field of positive psychology, and uh, sometimes I read about sections that, like, for instance, a flow, when you find your flow in life, you know, or you find a hobby or something you always love to do and you come back to, you get in the zone. Mm-hmm. And and later in life, I feel like when you have more time, your kids are older, you're focused on yourself, and you get into that zone and, you know, your whole life changes. Yeah, you give yourself permission. You yeah. know, you're allowed to give yourself permission to, to explore. And, and often, you know... Uh, as you well know from from the work you do, nothing has to be forever, and and it might be like a patchwork quilt. You might start something and do something for a couple of years, and move on to do something else, or you may do a couple of different uh, ventures. Right. So it's not like your linear career in many ways. These opportunities, as we get older, can be you know you have it's a smorgasbord. You can really you know practice you know try some different things out before you really take that big launch because you have you have a little time here to really uh, not make any rash moves and really do your homework and and moonlight volunteer do the job or in that field that you want to launch your business in you can try it out ahead of time and and really you know shadow someone who's doing that kind of thing is and see if it's really as dreamy as you think it might be yes and don't let anyone tell you you can't do that. You're not going to be able to do that. If if it's really your passion, I'd say go for it. Uh, truly, truly, and and uh, I, I, you do have to have that inner compass telling you uh, gut check. You know, uh, this is right yeah. for me. I know, 
And if it doesn't succeed, you're going to be okay. Yes. You know, don't, you're not, that's why it's important to kind of start in baby steps. You don't have to, you know, jump up. I think, you know, uh, when I, all of the people that I interviewed for this book, I always asked them the question, you know, is there something you wish you had done differently? And several of them did say to me they wish they had started a little slower, oh. that they had taken their time, that they felt like they, this, that they knew they wanted to do it, and they just wanted to do it, you know? Yes. And even this the mother and daughter uh, uh, duo that we discussed earlier, One Hot Cookie, they told me that, you know, they, they went a little too quick also, even though it sounded like they tested it and all that. But once they had their first um, storefront, they, you know, they quickly decided they wanted to franchise. Oh, no. <laughs> because they had people in Pennsylvania, there oh. in Ohio, that wanted to have one here and one there. So they're like, oh, yeah, let's do that. Well, they expanded too fast, and it didn't, yeah. it wasn't a great, a great story for them there. They had to, you know, you know, have that, you know, come up and say, okay, let's pull back a little bit. Mm-hmm. That's not, you know, and take a breath. And, it, you know, the business kept going. It, they didn't, you know, lose the business. But Good. they both said, you know, we wish we hadn't done that. You right. know, and I interv- I profile a guy who started a, a film company. He had been in ABC News for years as an editor and so forth. And when he took an early retirement package, he wanted to make movies. That was his dream. And he said, and now he's done three, Mike Kravinsky. And mm-hmm. he said, I wish I had started making shorts. <laughs> Why yes. did I want to do a full feature exactly. one film when I didn't, I didn't have a clue? It's, his, it's called Next Nick Films. And he... He's wonderful, and he's they're doing well his films. But he said, "I don't know what I was thinking." You know, <laughs> it was like that is so. so you know, baby steps, baby steps. Um, I was just writing that down. It's called Next Nick Films. Next Nick, like N E X T N I K. Next Nick Films. That's inspiring because a lot of people they think they want to do one thing, and they think, well, you know what? Maybe I should start a little smaller. You know. Yeah, just take. Yeah, and you know, it's not saying not to you know damper your dream, but just be. Be practical, you yes. know, be realistic. Yeah. And that's why, you know, women are fantastic uh, entrepreneurs because women are really great at knowing what their soft and hard skills are, what they're good at, and they're willing to collaborate in, in a way that, um, and I'm not male bashing, but men often aren't in that same way saying, you know, I'm not as good at this. Maybe I should partner up with somebody who is so instead of launching as a solo entrepreneur, you might launch with, with someone else. Uh, you know, there's women I, I profile in the book who started a stationary business, and the one was very creative, and the one is, has more of a um, business background. So mm-hmm. they had complementary skills, and so that's worked very nicely for them. You know what I wanted to add to? Sometimes people don't know what it is they want to do, and I would say try to take some time alone, and, and you know, even if it's taking a walk and listening to music, but just kind of dial into what do you like to do, what are your interests, what are your long-term goals. Would Anything you would add to that? I mean, would you agree? Oh, my gosh, that is such great advice. That is yeah. exactly what they need to do. It's that inner soul-searching, yeah, I call it your your inner MRI, sort of. Yeah. You know, what is it that, what makes you happy? What made you happy as a kid? What makes you happy as an adult? What, you know, and it can be crazy, but write it down. Keep a journal. Keep, you know, keep these things as they come to mind, and something's going to percolate out. I think I, there's a real fear people have that, that when they start to peel things back that they don't actually have a passion, but that's yeah. simply not true. <laughs> Everybody right. has a passion, and I get, you know, inspired myself just when you are mentioning taking a walk. I love walking my dog, and mm-hmm. I come up with all kinds of wonderful ideas while I'm walking, so there you go. when you're trying to figure out what it is you like to do, you know, 
it, it is thinking back about some of it, and it really a lot of it does dip back into childhood dreams and aspirations that you've had to set aside. But again, you can you know, take a class, go to hear some lectures, you know, um, follow people on Facebook or Twitter or LinkedIn that that are doing cool businesses that that you think are interesting or are thought leaders that might inspire you. There's all kinds of ways. Read books, you know, you can get inspired in lots of different directions that might just spark like, hey, yeah, yeah, there's a beat of this ear for me. Let me let me take this a little further down the road. Yes. And be an observer of life, whether yeah. it's whether it's films or, or you know, go to the library. Um, just be open. Be open. Yeah. yeah, there's a lot of free resources out there, and so there's this ability to to do that. And um, I think that makes us successful in in the whole aging process. I think once you turn, once you start learning something new, whether it's you know by going picking taking a class, whatever, your whole body changes, your whole mind kind of shifts to a new thing, and you start rec- you know you start recognizing things in the world. You're more open, like you said, yeah. to uh, to things that. That it just shifts your whole mentality, and you get out of the rut. That and, and I know you talk a lot about this on your show. You, it helps you get out of your rut and yes. get into a new frame of thinking of possibilities. When I want to share this with you, when I was living in Boston, I'd moved to Boston after grad school, and I had a job in corporate training and development. And all of a sudden, a year later, they said we're downsizing. Sorry, we're closing your office, and it just everything was caving in on me. My personal life. And I kept having these dreams. I don't know if I ever told you this, Carrie, of me mm-hmm. me playing guitar. Because <laughs> I, I had played guitar years earlier, and I kept thinking, I want to take lessons. Well, three nights in a row, I had these dreams. I was amazing. So I thought, okay, I'm going to go take guitar lessons. And I woke up that morning, and I did it. And I took the lessons for nine years. And that kind of thing, like pay attention to your subconscious, to opportunities that you might think are so awful, but it's a great opportunity for something new. And also with you, your love of music, it, it permeates a lot of the work you do today. I mean, you right. interview on your show here a lot of musicians. I do. And and you're tapped into that, and you can speak the lingo. I mean, you you appreciate that artistic, creative path that they're on, and, and that makes for really inspiring connections. Yes. And I love hearing stories of how people... Um, you know, yes, they go through really challenging times, but they use it, they spin it into a chapter two, which you talk a lot about in the work you do, which is great. Um, One of the things I wanted to ask you is, um, you ask a lot of questions to different entrepreneurs in your book, um, but you do ask, what would you have done differently? Were you surprised at some of the answers? Well, some of them I were, I I, I was, uh, but but the one piece... um, well, the one that that really is interesting is that most people said they wished that they had had sales experience, oh, some yeah. sort of marketing or sales background, because you think, oh, you know, you have these wonderful ideas of starting a business from, you know, whether it's your passion or wanting to make a difference in the world. But anything you do, it comes down to selling it. it even if you hire someone to be the sales and marketing person on your team, you are selling yourself and your business every single day. And so they all wish that they had had some sales background. And so I encourage people, if you're thinking of starting a business, you know, maybe take a little, you know, uh, side gig at doing sales of some kind for just a little while or take, um, 
even a Toastmasters class or mm. something, a public speaking class or an acting class, something that teaches you to speak in front of people, to talk, you know, sort of off the top of your head with confidence and really engage people and sell them on an idea. So most of them wish they had some kind of sales experience if they didn't because uh, that can be a toughie. And a lot of them said they wish they had asked for help sooner, uh, that they would delegate, because we often try to do everything by ourselves, and um, also the concern about money. Oh, we don't, I don't have enough to hire somebody, but in today's world, you can hire someone to help you virtually. I mean, with right. all the opportunities for remote working and having a virtual assistant or hire, someone doesn't have to work in an office with you. Right. They can, you know, be your uh, office they can do your bookkeeping remotely, you know, once or twice a month. You sure. can hire somebody. So there's plenty of ways to make it not so expensive. Um, and, again, almost everyone said that they wished that they had, had more money <laughs> yeah, <of course. laughs> to start because <laughs> the money piece is huge. But it's not – it doesn't take, you know – $20,000 to start a business these days, you can start for a lot less because you don't need bricks and mortar and you can, you know, start with a great website. But that said, it, it always takes more money than you think. Oh, of course. What else would you like to leave the listeners with? Well, a couple of things I would say that, you know, I, we've kind of touched on this. Consider starting, if you want to start a business, consider starting it on the side while you're doing something else. Uh, as we mentioned with the cookie gals, mm-hmm. you know, it's good to have it as your side gig and then let it, um, you know, kind of evolve over time. I think that that's really important to, if you can. A career coach can really help you make the move to entrepreneurship because you're changing your identity. You're changing. It's often to have some really good to have an unbiased person who can really look at who, helping you make that transition to how who you're going to be in this next chapter of your life and how you're going to identify yourself after you've, you know, in a whole new role, a whole new career, so to speak, a new skill set. So you're shifting your identity. I think a career coach, and again, that there's, you don't have to hire anyone for any long-term process, but it's, if you can do it, it, it can be quite helpful. Um, and you really, if you're going to start your own business, you got to like running a business, okay? It's yeah. not just, you know, going to be all the fun stuff. It, there's nitty-gritty to it. So when you're doing your job, there's, there's, you know, dealing with food, you know, if you're doing a food business, the cost of food and payroll and so it's not just a product that you have to love. You have to love actually running a business. Every so, part of it. you know, yeah. do that inner soul searching. You bet. And people can find out more about you by visiting your website, com, and you're also on Twitter at CarrieHannon. Yep, K-E-R-R-Y-H-A-N-N-O-N. Okay, and they can also find you on LinkedIn. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you so much. This is wonderful to catch up with you. My pleasure. Congratulations on your latest book. Yeah, and back at you on your latest book. Thank you, Carrie. Okay. All right. Take good care. You too. Bye-bye. That was Carrie Hannon, a leading authority and strategist on career transitions, entrepreneurship, personal finance, and retirement. And she just wrote another book. She's written 13 books. This is her latest, Never Too Old to Get Rich, The Entrepreneur's Guide to Starting a Business Midlife. Lots of great info in there. If you missed any part of this, our conversation will be on the show blog within an hour after I wrap, and I'm wrapping up soon. Uh, The show blog is getthefunkoutshow.kuci.org, and I want to share something with you. At 10.30, I'm doing a pre-recorded conversation with Leif Garrett. Uh, He's going to call into our studios, and this will air next Monday. 
Uh, he's just released a his new memoir, Idle Truth, and the info is on my show blog right now, all about Leaf and about the book. You're going to hear all kinds of different stories, great conversation coming up. So let's see. That's a wrap for me. If you want to be a guest, again, shoot me an email to Janine, J-A-N-E-A-N-E at K-U-C-I dot org. Have a great Monday, everyone. I'm going to leave you with a song by Zepparella, and Sheldon Abbott will be here at the top of the hour with Cure for the Blues. Have a great Monday. (laughs) 